For more than 65 years, Marin Health Medical Center, formerly Marin General Hospital, has been meeting our community's health care needs, and we are proud to present the Healing Podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. The emerging specialty of female pelvic medicine, or urogynecology, deals with the diagnosis and treatment of pelvic floor disorders. Here to talk with us about women's pelvic health is Dr. Suji Pathy, a urogynecologist at Prima Medical Group. Dr. Pathy, thank you for your time. So first off, what is a urogynecologist? Hi, Bill. Thank you for having me. Well, a urogynecologist is a specialist in female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery. A urogynecologist specializes in disorders of the female pelvic floor, and typically a urogynecologist has undergone a residency, usually in OBGYN or urology, followed by a fellowship within the specialty. So in women, what does the pelvic floor include? Well, the pelvic floor is comprised of muscles, ligaments, and connective tissue that hold up the organs of the pelvic floor such as the bowel, bladder, vagina, uterus, and rectum. So all soft tissue, kind of relating to that? Correct, yes. It connects from the front of your pelvic bones to the back and attaches also to the sides. So in women, then, what are some of the more common symptoms you'll find with pelvic floor disorders? They would include any disorder that affects any one of those organs. So a urinary incontinence or difficulty emptying the bladder, fecal incontinence or difficulty with defecation, pelvic organ prolapse, and pelvic pain, um, recurrent urinary infections, and bladder pain are typically the most common things that we see. Right. So let's talk about incontinence for a minute. So is incontinence normal at all? Oh, no, definitely not. It's not normal, but it is quite common. We think roughly about 50% of women will have some experience with incontinence during her lifetime, but unfortunately, only 25% seek care. So it's very common, but it's undertreated. So are there different types of incontinence? Yes, there are. The two major types of incontinence are something we call stress urinary incontinence, and that's typically leakage that occurs with cough, laugh, sneeze, or exercise. And the other type is called urge incontinence or overactive bladder. And that typically occurs for women who have a pretty significant desire to go to the bathroom that she can't control. So she oftentimes reports leaking on the way to the bathroom or leaking right before she gets to the bathroom. So let's talk about treatment then. For stress urinary incontinence, what are the treatment Mm -hmm. options? Well, actually, for both types of incontinence, we generally start off or advise women to do some lifestyle modifications or behavioral modifications. And they include avoiding things that can irritate the bladder, such as coffee, sodas, other carbonated beverages, avoiding smoking, and kind of limiting excessive fluid intake. So, you know, trying to aim for about 64 ounces a day, not too much more, not too much less. Weight loss can also be quite effective. So suggest that they embark on a program of doing pelvic floor exercises to kind of increase the strength of the pelvic floor and to reduce the bladder irritability. And that's kind of what we start off women with. All right. That's very interesting. So for both stress, urinary incontinence, and overactive bladder, what you were just talking about can help manage and treat those. Do you ever use medication then to help treat this? Then we have to kind of look at 
what type of incontinence a woman has for further treatment. So for urge incontinence or overactive bladder, uh, we can also offer medications, medications that work to kind of relax the bladder um, and help it calm down. That's typically for overactive bladder only. If the medications aren't effective or the woman is unable to tolerate them, we do have procedures that are available to treat overactive bladder. And they include an office procedure where we stimulate a nerve in the ankle, and that can be effective. We also do Botox injections into the bladder where we inject the medication right under the lining of the bladder, and that's also very effective. We also can introduce a implantable pacemaker for the bladder, and that's done in an outpatient setting, but that's also quite effective. So there's a number of different treatment options we have for overactive bladder. For women who have stress incontinence, we can offer surgical or non-surgical treatment options, kind of depending upon the patient's preferences. Non-surgical options would involve using an implantable device in the vagina to kind of help provide that pelvic support. Surgical options would include a surgery that's an an outpatient procedure called a midurethral sling surgery, and that has excellent outcomes for treatment. So, Dr. Pathy, are there certain risk factors that contribute to pelvic floor disorders? There are. Age, we know, um, is correlated with the incidence of pelvic floor disorders. We also know obesity or being overweight can increase a woman's risk for acquiring one of these disorders. Lastly, we also know that having had children, whether vaginally or by C-section, can increase a woman's risk for these disorders. And also smoking can be quite detrimental and can increase a woman's risk for any of these issues. So, Dr. Pathy, it sounds like incontinence can be managed throughout a woman's lifetime. Is that correct? Sure, definitely, yes. There are treatment options available for any one of these disorders. And trying to maintain a healthy weight, avoiding smoking, can decrease your risk for acquiring these disorders later in life. Earlier, you said not a lot of women mention this or bring this up to their doctor. Why Mm -hmm. do women not seek treatment for this? Well, number one, most women are under the impression that this is a normal part of aging, which it's not. Fortunately, awareness is being raised and women are kind of knowing now that this is not normal. And so they're seeking care. But even then, there is a lot of hesitancy. There's some embarrassment with bringing this up. It's not something that women really talk about very much with each other. So everyone's kind of in their own little world and not really knowing that about 50% of other women are walking around experiencing these symptoms too. So um, a lot of it is lack of awareness and some inhibition in speaking to their providers about these issues. So as a physician, for anyone listening right now, I'm sure your message is do not be embarrassed. Come on in and see me and let's help you take care of this. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, this is something that's very common, but it's not normal and definitely treatments are available. And women can greatly improve their quality of life. And if you could just wrap it up for us, Dr. Pathy, what else should we know about pelvic floor disorders? There are myriad things that are happening in the pelvis. And at any time, something may not be right and can lead to significant quality of life issues, Um, urinary incontinence, prolapse, and fecal incontinence. But the most important thing to know is that help is available And um, I'd love for patients to talk to their physicians 
and actually seek help and hopefully improve their quality of life. Well, hopefully after listening to this, Dr. Pathy, those women will make those appointments. And thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health Medical Center, formerly Marin General Hospital. And for more information, go to mymarinhealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And be sure to check out our full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.